Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy for Life podcast, where we will be discussing maintainable, sustainable, conscious living. I'm your host, Sarah Grace, and thanks for joining me. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Healthy for Life. Happy New Year. Uh, I know we are kicking off 2020 now and everyone is excited to start the new year and uh, they we probably all have um, you know goals for this new year and different things that we've said we're going to do and we're going to conquer and maybe we're relieved and happy that the holiday is over because that comes with a lot of eating and sometimes stress and events and one thing after another so welcome to January. In honor of this time of year, I wanted to talk to you all about nutrition. This is a huge topic always around the beginning of the year, and there are a ton of people saying that their plan for the new year is to lose weight, to get in shape, to join a gym, to go on a diet, to start a fast, you name it. Uh, A lot of people are trying to kind of make up or do away with how terrible they feel after all their holiday binging and drinking and that sort of thing, desserts and, and parties and whatnot. And every gym is probably offering a nutrition challenge right now because that's when everybody wants to get on board is the beginning of the year. So I wanted to talk to you all about nutrition and uh, focus a little bit on this topic and hopefully shed some light with you all and offer you some tips and advice as you go into this 2020. I wanna start by saying diets do not work. That is correct and it's something I say often and people start to kind of perk up and listen to what I'm about to say after, because all around us, we are being bombarded with the latest diet trend, social media influencer doing this, you know, keto, intermittent fasting, paleo, zone, I mean, you name it, everybody has a diet that they're pushing or preaching. And I always say, Diets don't work because number one, they attach you to short-term basically success or results. So they make you focus on in this time frame, this is my goal, these are the results I hope for. But I want people to look at the lifestyle, the long-term changes that need to take place And that requires a mindset change and a lifestyle change. So diets are temporary. They attach you to a temporary result over a a certain period of time. And often they leave people falling back into old habits, gaining more weight after. They come with restrictions and things that are hard to maintain. And so you, you can't you know, keep this going for a long extended period of time. And instead, people do sometimes really well during the period, they make some changes, but they haven't really changed their mindset and their lifestyle. And so they therefore fall back into old patterns and oftentimes gain 
more weight in the end. How many of you listening can raise your hand right now and say you've done five plus diets in your lifetime? I'm sure just about everybody listening could raise their hand. And most times when I ask people this question, uh, I get people upwards of seven to 10 diets that they've tried and failed at and they haven't worked and everyone's raising their hand. This is an area that is really frustrating for people and we are the ones who make it so overcomplicated because really it's basic and that's what I'm gonna share with you today. It's basic principles that are tried and true that if you can truly embrace, they will take you through lifelong health and something that you can maintain that isn't super restrictive, that doesn't have you feeling you know, like you're starving, you're under eating, you're having to overtrain, you are um, you know, eating bland, boring food, fat-free, low-fat, tasteless, sugar-free, you name it. We're gonna talk about all of that today. So it's really about focusing on the basics. And the basics are quality, nutrient-rich foods. So we are trying to get away from our processed, prepackaged, convenient foods and focusing on eating nutrient-dense foods that are satiating, that are satisfying, that feed our body the nutrients we need in order to not only survive, but to thrive mentally, emotionally, and physically. Food makes up your entire body and the chemical processes in your body rely on nutrients from food to um, carry out their job. And so if you're living on the SAD diet or the standard American diet of oftentimes uh, nutrient deficient foods because they are number one, they're packaged and processed, so they're not living, they're not real. Number two, they come from soils that have been so depleted and um, are drenched in pesticides and chemicals. And um, number three, they are deficient of um, you know you getting enough of your macronutrients and even micronutrients. So those factors play a role in what leads to weight gain, cravings, uh, health problems, you know, um, serious health problems from cancer to type 2 diabetes to thyroid conditions to even just depression, anxiety, uh, trouble sleeping, you know, things like that. Can all, all of those things can be traced back to poor nutrition. And so it's not only important that we really understand nutrition from a standpoint of changing our bodies and losing weight or getting lean, getting in shape, but we also understand it from the standpoint of health and longevity and maintaining good health over a period of time. So when you really embrace the fact that nutrition is our key to good health, first and foremost, um, and you you understand that it's your responsibility 
to maintain your good health and it, it it's up to you if you want to do it or not, then I think it takes us away from focusing so much on just temporary quick fixes. So when your goal is to really have true health, regardless of how you look, your focus is on being healthy, then the look will come along with it. But it's not going to happen overnight because most of you that are carrying around excess weight right now did not just wake up and find yourself that way. So yes, maybe some of you have put on, you know, three to five pounds over the holidays, but a good majority of you that are carrying 10, 15, 20, even 50 plus, 60 plus pounds, this has been happening over years. And maybe you've had points in your life where your weight has gone down and then it goes back up, but it's been something that's been happening over time. And so therefore, it is not going to be an overnight change to get it reversed. Your body has grown accustomed to holding on to this excess fat and weight. And so there is going to take a real period of, you know, getting your body back to what is the new healthy for your body and reestablishing certain thresholds in your body and working on your health and your hormones and all those things. So it's really important that you do not attach yourself to just these quick, fast kind of goals. And so I think some of these like 21 day challenges and six week challenges are great because they can jumpstart things for people but thinking that you're going to fix, you know, the last 10, 5, 10, 15 years of your life in 21 days is ridiculous. And in fact, it takes about 21 days to just relearn a new habit. So I think 21 days is a start. And if you can get yourself going to the gym regularly, you know, three to five days a week for 21 days straight, or if you can cut out alcohol for 21 days straight, uh, you can start prepping meals for 21 days straight, you're more likely to create a lasting habit in your life. And I think that's great, but that's just the beginning. And now the job really begins and starts when you can continue this process. And if you can find a balance that is maintainable, then you can do this for life. And this is a new way of living. It shouldn't be something that's a fad or a quick fix after that, you know, 21 days or that six weeks or eight weeks, you fall back into old habits. It should be maintainable. So that's going to look different for everybody. The principles of nutrition that I'm going to share with you should remain the same for everyone, but the way in which you practically live it out on a daily basis will look different for everybody. And that's going to have to do with your, uh, your level of activity, your lifestyle, how busy are you, the level of stress, how many children maybe you have. Uh, all of those things are going to play a role in how the day-to-day -day is going to look for you. So when somebody shares what worked for them, when you see a social media influencer saying this is what they do, copying what they're doing is, is not the answer for you. 
because they're a different person. And some of them, that's all that they really have to focus on with their lives. And the rest of us, you know, we have jobs, we have commitments, we have families, we have things going on. So it has to work and fit into your life and your schedule. So <clears throat> you have to set realistic, achievable goals. And it's important to do that going into this new year, that your goals are realistic. It shouldn't be, um, I'm going on a cruise in February, so I've got three weeks and I need to lose some weight because I hate the way I look or I've been eating crap. Those, again, are temporary things that are going to set you back every time. If you just focus on changing your lifestyle, changing your mindset over an extended period of time that can last you a lifetime, you won't find yourself falling into these, oh shit moments of, I need some to do something because I can't stand the way I look and I have a wedding coming up or I have my reunion or I have a trip planned. You know, and I'm going to have to get in a swimsuit, so I got to figure out something fast. That's not the answer, and you will keep finding yourself back there if you don't make lasting changes. So with this new year, let's definitely keep in mind as I, I talk today about setting realistic goals for yourself. And so what we want to do is we want to focus first, number one, on yes, we're setting realistic goals. We are um, addressing our mindset and we are willing. We realize we are not happy with where we're at and we are willing to make changes. So with change comes the decision to maybe make some sacrifices. There will be grocery shopping involved. There will be planning ahead food prepping involved. Unless you are able to find a food delivery service that's in your you know, affordability that will meet the requirements that you need, you will have to grocery shop and you will have to plan and prepare food. There is no way around that. Now, some of you can find great you know, meal delivery services. We use one for our lunches and it's an awesome thing. I highly recommend if you can find a good company that provides organic, you know, gluten-free, um, non-processed meals. They can tell you where their, their food is coming from and what their meats are like, or maybe you're choosing to go with vegan. But if you can do that, that's a great opportunity if you live a busy life and the reality of food prepping throughout the week is not gonna work for you, then that's a great option. But there is still going to take planning and preparation involved. And that could just mean taking the time to think ahead of what your day is gonna be like and packing a meal with you and a snack and being prepared so that you're not in a situation where you're out and about and you're running into Starbucks to grab something or God forbid um, a Chick-fil-A or a fast food place. Panera is another one that's just garbage food. Um, it, it always blows my mind around lunchtime when I just see this long line to these fast food places. It's like people, seriously, 
There is so much information out there. We know that food is so bad for us, but yet they are the busiest places at lunchtime. Like, what is wrong with us? You know, it's like at this point, we all know smoking causes cancer. And so the people that are still smoking often try to do it in private and not let people see them. But it's like, Fast food can be just as dangerous over a long period of time. And it's some, if it's something that you're eating regularly, it's like, why are we doing it anymore? Why are we supporting these businesses? So, you know, don't find yourself in that situation. Plan ahead. So it is going to take being mindful, being conscious, taking responsibility for your health. So once you have decided that you're ready to do that, and hopefully you've made that decision right now while you're listening, we can go to uh, the next step, which is talking a little bit more specifically about the foods that you should be focusing on eating. And we'll talk about macronutrients, so protein, carbs, and fats. And the number one kind of rule um, that I apply with protein is that it should be ideally organic, free-range, grass-fed meats, meats from a farm, meats from uh, you know animals that are raised in their natural environment humanely. Now, there are plenty of resources to find these kind of meats for people if you're willing to to put the effort in. Number one, you can um, go online and you can search for farms in your area. There is a website called realmilk.com that is um, a website that's put out by the Weston A. Price Foundation and they put different farms on there that are meet certain levels and standards for their raw dairy and for their meat. And you can find these farms in your local area on realmilk.com. Also, we order from joyce-farms.com. They are another great farm that will deliver grass-fed, hormone-free, great meats right to your doorstep. They deliver them frozen. And I know there's there's quite a few other uh, services out there. You just want to make sure that they are not grain-finished that they are um, humanely raised and they are grass-fed meats and or you're doing wild-caught fish preferably although our oceans are pretty dirty so I personally am not a huge proponent of seafood. Um, I love to eat it when I'm in Hawaii where my family lives and places like that but otherwise I kind of avoid it. But if you love seafood, just I would go with a wild caught and find find a place, a resource that you trust to get good quality seafood. And um, if you know if you're saying, well, I can't afford those kind of meats, so your options are when you buy in bulk, you often save money. When you buy from a farmer, you often save money instead of say a, a major grocery store like Whole Foods. Um, so th- those are options. You can do the math on ordering what you can in bulk and saving money that way. And maybe you stick with chicken or ground beef. There are so many things you can do with ground beef. It'll get you a long ways, a lot cheaper. So I feel like there are ways around the, the money factor. Also, 
you can do um, maybe, you know, less meat meals. You could do some vegan meals and explore those options and maybe have meat a couple times um, a week or once a day instead of with every meal. So those are different options to you. The reason we don't want to consume um, grain finished or animals that are being fed grain is number one, animals like cows are not made to eat grain. They are made, their stomachs are made to eat grass, that they're not made to eat grain. It changes the levels of um, of the omegas and the vitamins in their the meat and it can become um, that's when meat can become bad for our health because of the diet of the animal so it's important that the animals that we're consuming are being raised in their natural environment to eat the foods that they were meant to be eating also grain foods for animals often are gmo foods uh, cheap leftovers from soy, corn, and wheat. And so those diets are not good for us, they're not good for the animals, and they're not good for us to be consuming the animals that are eating those diets. Uh, soy is also another big one. And of course you wanna do antibiotic free because um, I think they say 90% of the, the antibiotics out there in the market are being given to animals. And that means you are getting the antibiotics in the meat that you're eating. And it's dangerous to our health, and it's something that we do not want to be doing. And also, I look at it as, as being a responsible consumer. I do not want to support these companies that are not putting us, the people, the consumer first. They don't care about our health. They don't care about the environment and then their farming practices. They only care about their bottom line and making money. And I do not want to support those types of companies. I would rather support a small local farmer and try to keep them in business because they're the ones that are caring for the land by their practices. They're the ones that are being kind and, and humanely raising animals and that that I want to support. So it has a lot of um, aspects to where you source your food from that, that can be good on a lot of other levels than even just your health. So that's what I recommend with protein. You also want to, um, when it comes to dairy, I always recommend people to avoid any commercial dairy. So that would include milk, um, cheese, um, cream cheese, sour cream, yogurt, all of those things and stick with eating only if you're wanting to eat dairy that it's only raw dairy from a farm, a local farm and um, that you can find you know raw cow's milk yogurt. I put that in my daughter's smoothies. Um, you could find grass-fed butter that way. Now I often buy uh, grass-fed butter in the grocery store because butter is different than than most regular dairy. It is fermented, so it's um, it's often not as processed and it's a lot easier to digest. So, with commercial dairy like milk, yogurt, it's pasteurized and sometimes homogenized. But in order 
for it to sell in the grocery store, it has to be pasteurized. And when it's pasteurized, it's heated above a certain level that breaks down the enzymes in the milk that helps us digest it. So that's why lactose intolerance is such a big deal. And no, you don't need a medication for it. You just need to not drink commercial dairy. So, um, you know, it's, it's very simple. We're not, they're removing a lot of the things in milk that help you digest it. And um, not to mention it's coming from factory farmed animals. So I recommend avoiding all dairy. And I'm telling you, I promise you, you will feel incredible and see amazing results in your digestion, bloating, skin, energy, all of that by cutting out dairy. And you should see it probably as soon as, you know, that 21 days or maybe even sooner, but it's something you have to maintain. So if you're a, a big lover of dairy, you always have the option to look into a local farm and go with the raw dairy. Otherwise, I recommend sticking with like an almond milk, coconut milk, that sort of thing. Um, so next up we have carbs. Um, yeah, let's talk about carbohydrates. So the key with carbohydrates is avoiding processed carbs. That is a huge thing and a big problem that we have as Americans. Processed carbs are addictive. They're readily, easily available, and they are high in sugar and chemicals. So avoiding processed carbs and sticking with things like starchy carbs, like um, potatoes, root vegetables, like acorn squash, butternut squash, zucchini, um, potatoes that are sweet, white, purple, all of all potatoes are awesome. And I would still eat rice. Rice can be considered a processed grain, but it's minimally processed. And if you get an organic rice, um, I think that it can be a great option as well. And there are also brown rice pastas too. Of course you want moderation, but um, I say for a maintainable lifestyle that those options are fine. And some people like quinoa, me personally, it doesn't agree with me, but um, you know, quinoa can be fine to, to eat. But yeah, avoiding your gluten containing grains and your processed grains is super, super important. And again, right there with dairy, if you give it a solid three to six weeks, you will notice an incredible difference in the way you feel and the way you look and your energy levels. But if you're saying you're going to do that and then you're eating some sort of processed grain or gluten containing grain, it can take up to six weeks to leave your body entirely. So don't think that just having a little here and there is going to not be a big deal. It is. It can stay in your body. And I recommend people, you know, even if you don't have a specific gluten allergy, still avoiding gluten. It, it does a, a wealth of benefits for your health. And I've not ever had one person say they didn't feel better avoiding gluten. And so that doesn't mean that you want to go, okay, well, I'll just buy a bunch of gluten-free foods that are still processed. You, you want to be aware of those things. 
And the brand of snacks that I love to recommend to people that are gluten-free, I would say they're probably the best company out there for your box so-called processed food, um, is Simple Mills. Their stuff is awesome. They only have eight ingredients pretty much in every one of their packages, and there's nothing bad. They use almond flour, coconut flour. Um, they have like protein banana or pumpkin muffins. They have pancakes. They have crackers that are great for kids and there's nothing bad in their products. So that's a great option. But aside from that, I would really be careful and challenge yourself to get away from eating these quick convenient foods and avoiding processed carbs, all carbs containing gluten and you will see a major difference in your health. Gluten is often inflammatory in the digestive system and it can cause um, little lesions or areas of inflammation in the digestive tract. And if you're eating other processed chemicals in your body that can cause destruction to the digestive tract, the gluten can grow and cause bacteria in, in there. And so it, it typically is what leads to uh, inflammation, which causes autoimmune disorders. So anything from like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, thyroid issues, um, even arthritis, different types of arthritis, um, depression, anxiety, PMS symptoms. I mean, so many things can be remedied and made much better by just avoiding gluten. So that's a big one. And then moving on to fats. Fats are, oh, they're quite a controversial topic, but um, we need fats, healthy fats. They are so important to us. And um, consuming healthy fats is a great thing to do. So when we when we say healthy fats, we're talking about fats that are saturated. Yes, I know you've been told for years that saturated fats are the devil. And a lot of that started with the American Heart Association spreading their lies for their own um, propaganda and money. But um, they kind of were in bed with the American, um, or excuse me, with the with the vegetable oil companies, and the vegetable oil companies are paying them to spread lies about saturated fats, so that people will consume more vegetable oils, and they um, are just a very corrupt company in that way or uh, organization. So when we talk about healthy fats, I'm talking about things like um, avocado oil, coconut oil, ghee, grass-fed butter, lard, um, you know, animal fats that are obviously from grass-fed um, organic, you know, animals. Um, avocado oil is a great oil to cook with. It can withstand high heat temperatures. Olive oil you should not be cooking with. It cannot withstand high heat. It would break down and change its chemical components. So olive oil is something you want to be consuming fresh, like on salads, tomatoes, things like that. Avocado oil is great to cook with. Grapeseed oil is great to cook with. And um, 
coconut oil. Sometimes it's nice to blend like a grass-fed butter and a coconut oil or an avocado and a coconut because coconut can kind of be strong and give off that flavor. So you can sometimes blend the oils. But um, then, of course, you have your, your avocados, your nuts, seeds, that sort of thing. And oftentimes you want to make sure nuts are definitely organic, but um, that they're sometimes they agree with people better when they've been sprouted and that sort of thing because they can sometimes be irritating to the gut for some people but um and then you want to be eating your meat on the bone you know meat on the bone is high in, in fat that is good for you it's satiating there's a reason why it tastes so good and it sends that signal to your brain because there is flavor and, and health in there for your body. And oftentimes when we, we have a plan to start eating healthy and starting to say some sort of diet, we think we have to go with bland, tasteless, lean foods and it's not maintainable and you end up miserable and you hate food and that's what you associate with eating healthy shouldn't be that way healthy foods are colorful tasty spices and herbs added and they should be satisfying and they should contain fat and flavor and color and all of those things in them and it should not be restrictive and something that is miserable for you to maintain so um, that's kind of, oh, and what we do not want to be eating are, when it comes to fats, are vegetable oils. F vegetable oils are rancid, they are toxic, and they are what cause things like heart disease, um, weight gain, all of that. I cannot stress that enough. Most vegetable oils are in all processed foods, but... Um, some people are still cooking with them and I highly recommend getting rid of all vegetable oils. Vegetable oils are typically the leftovers of processed GMO crops and I don't care if they're organic, they are still bad for you. They are heated, they are dyed, they are deodorized, they are awful. So they are vegetable oils are things like <clears throat> peanut oil, vegetable oil, canola oil, safflower oil. Oh, um, I can't think of all of them. Sunflower oil is typically a better one. Um, but yes, your vegetable oils you want to avoid at all cost. So that's those are the, the main principles of eating with your macronutrients. And if you really focus on getting away from your processed foods, your commercial dairy, your gluten-containing grains, processed grains, it's that simple. You have a rounded, colorful plate of food that you eat to your satisfaction. And if it's not processed and it's nutrient-rich and it's real, you will not be left with cravings. You will be satisfied. You will eat to you feel satisfied and then you will be done and you will go about your day. And if you consistently do that throughout the day, you will change your body. You don't have to starve. You don't have to fast. You don't have to uh, count calories. You don't have to track all of your macros. Now, I encourage some people in the beginning to track 
uh, their protein intake because sometimes, especially women, I find we under eat protein. And depending on what your goals are, you may need to track your, um, your macronutrients. And, but it's not because you're trying to necessarily restrict, uh, for instance, um, flexible dieting. Many people can get results physically with flexible dieting, but the, the, the beef that I have with flexible dieting is number one, it's not teaching you to maintain good, healthy habits for life. And oftentimes people within their, um, caloric, allowance and what they're allowed to eat, they're eating crap food. So they might still be eating food that is processed, food that is inflammatory in the body, food that is not organic, that's not nutrient rich. So yes, while they may be changing their figure, are they actually healthy? And are they understanding the importance of nutrition, feeding the body to maintain health for life? We have to think beyond today, beyond right now, what feels good, what looks good, and we have to start to think more of long-term and what is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Preventative. What is preventative? Because in, in this world today, we are bombarded on a daily basis by chemicals in our environment, in our water, in just everything we come in contact with, that if we're not taking responsibility with the things that we do on a daily basis, with the food we eat and the things we put on our body, we are, are not preventing um, this, you know, our risks for disease and other ailments that will eventually come, especially as you age. So it's, an, it's really important to think beyond right now. I want to fit in this size jean. I want to have a six pack. I want to look like this. You have to think about what is maintainable and sustainable for life. So those are my big takeaways to you all. Um, I know it's a lot of information. Hopefully you're taking notes. You can listen to this podcast again and again. And a lot of this information is in my book called Simple Nutrition. I have an ebook um, that I can send anyone who would like it, and I sell it for nineteen. Excuse me, I sell it for nineteen ninety five, and it comes with um, a sample meal plan. It comes with these healthy food lists and recipes in it, and so a lot of this information I am taking from my book. Um, I wrote it a few years back and I'm hopefully going to be coming out with a second edition that I've added to and kind of modified as I have changed and grown and learned and continue to educate. Um, I want to continue to add to this book. But, um, you know, it again, it's going to differ for everybody. The amount of food you eat, the amount of meals you eat every day but the principles should remain the same. And that's that we are avoiding processed foods and we are eating nutrient rich foods. And we need to get into reading ingredients, understanding ingredients. When you pick up a food on the shelf, turn it over and look at what's in it. Oh, it's just almond butter. Well, when you turn it over and it says it has palm oil and sugar in it, you should put it back. 
because you can find one that's just organic almonds. And we want simple ingredient lists that we understand and that we, we know what's in the food we're eating. And so it's really important to reset your, your mind. It says it's low fat, it has hardly any calories. Well, who cares what's in it? And when you read the ingredients and it has sucralose and it has aspartame or has maltodextrin or other maybe artificial, um, you know, soy, it has vegetable oils. Those are the ingredients you want to avoid because they are what's causing our health issues. So um, just because something doesn't have a lot of calories doesn't make it healthy. And not to mention if you year after year are, are eating foods that are deficient of nutrients and healthy, you know, carbs and, and um, fats and proteins, you're often eating low calorie foods. They end up leading to health problems or just your inability to lose weight because you're not feeding your body the vitamins and the nutrients it needs to to flourish. So you really just want to go week by week setting yourself small goals along the way. Maybe in the first week it's learning to read ingredients, taking the time to grocery shop, doing a little bit of meal prep. Maybe in the second week it's cutting out all commercial dairy, alcohol, gluten. You have to pick what works for you in setting you know, manageable, achievable goals each week. But the, the thing I always do for the people I work with is I say, well, weeks one and two, we're going to focus on cutting out all dairy, alcohol, and gluten. Then you want to begin as you're grocery shopping and you're prepping. You want to begin to understand and read your ingredients. You want to start to look into where am I sourcing my food from? You know, maybe I look for a local farm. Um, maybe I go to a farmer's market, that sort of thing. And then weeks two through four, you're starting to, to think about, um, you know, more creative recipes and planning your, your weeks out with your meals. And maybe you're adding in some supplements, so some, some healthy vitamins and, um, you know, a good quality protein or things like that. And that could be a whole nother podcast topic. And then weeks, you know, four through six, the next two to three weeks, are, you're addressing your sleep, your schedule, your stress level, you know, all of those things. And um, and then maybe as you're going along, you start to look to educate yourself, to read books, to really embrace the principles of why this is important. Because when you have a why and when you have a reason, sometimes it makes it easier to stick with. But it's just, it's one step at a time, one week at a time, and taking it little by little. And so what I want you to do is those of you that have listened to this whole podcast and you feel inspired, encouraged, or maybe you have questions, feel free to reach out to me. You can contact me through my social media. Uh, my Instagram is Sarah G Fitness, or you could even email me at contact at sarah with an h hyphen grace.com if you have questions or you'd like to purchase my simple nutrition ebook um and obviously i'm i'm on facebook too at sarah grace fitness but you know shoot me questions if you have them sometimes i do challenges um 
you know, where I, I help people over like a six to eight week period and get them started on, you know, eating healthy and finding a, a, a good plan for them. So that's kind of, you could keep your eye open for that. But biggest thing I want you to do is subscribe to my Healthy for Life podcast, share this podcast, rate this podcast, comment how much you loved it, and it's helped you and um, brought information to your life and, and opened your eyes to different things or you found it encouraging and inspiring. And check back each week for new episodes. Um, I'll be having some exciting guests this year on to share their stories and their tips with you all. And um, I just, I hope you're off to an amazing January, an amazing new year and you feel inspired, empowered, and ready to take charge of your health. I will talk to you all next week. Take care.